There's nothing oh, wrong with you young bucks tossing back a pill or two and changing a woman or two's life. That's hey. okay. Ron took oh, no. that away from you last time, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't need to have a misfunctioning part to decide you want to change the girl's life. There you go. Or oh, guys, no. I'm sorry, I can't I'm say that. My bad. There's no, no nuance. No nuance anymore. Ever, I, of course, of course, I'm all for you know. Okay. I mean, I understand it's a competitive market out there. Uh, exactly. You might only get, you might only get, you might only get one shot. With Literally, your dream, with your gym crush, but, and and you got to lay it down. And I understand in today's there market with uh, the online options and how easy it is to just move on. You you got to Superman up. Yeah. I said he was. He's, he's throwing a little something, a little different look at Emily. I know? never even had. I never even had a beard till 2012. Ever. I, I like how you make it sound like that was um, so so recently. Yeah, I never even had a beard since nine. No, but I was like years ago. No, but I was like already <laughs> like I was already like thirty. You know oh. what? seven or something i can't is remember is it that you couldn't grow it or you just didn't didn't want to this never did yeah me too yeah. i didn't grow a beard until two years ago like ever I, well i had yeah. like i tried as a teenager you know where you don't really have facial hair yet and you're like i, I right, think right, i right. see it you know right right yes well i i did stash. Yeah, yeah yeah i i went like a month without shaving several times yeah yeah right but that's not a it's not a beard until you cut the line like you have to like shave you have to like shave here and like do the thing, and then it's a the beard, cheek. you know. I, yes. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just you haven't shaved in a month. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's valid. So I've done that. Okay. How are we doing today? Fantabulous. Excellent. I took a little eight-minute nap because you guys gave me time. I was like, oh, cool. So I went on the couch. You made time. Oh. You did something with that time immediately. I was like, good awesome. nap. I'm tired. Okay. Well, I guess welcome to it's just bodybuilding. We'll just get right to it. Scott McNally, our producer. Dusty Hanshaw, my co-host. I'm not producer. Yeah, I would say, you know, you're both co-hosts, but Scott's a producer. So Scott actually does more work than any of us. Let's just be honest here. He's got two titles. I like He's that. got two titles. He's got two titles. And he's got the come and go as I want button. I do. That's I an just important leave. button to have. I just, just leave. leaves. Camera and all. Just gone. Just oh, um, gone. See, out. there he went. Peace, bitches. This looks like the old show now. The original is just talk from the side. It would be really creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Just not even appear. (laughs) I don't feel like being on camera today, guys. Okay. Uh, I messed it all up. See the dance he can do? There we go. There There we go. go. Damn. He's like God. It's like like God. (laughs) Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. So. Like, share, subscribe, comment. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. I did a long delay today. I felt it. I was feeling it. That was good. That was good. Okay. I got my questions up in case we need them. I know we got YouTube stuff, but but what's our topic going to be today? Oh, we should come up with that now. Usually we do that. Yeah, usually we have like a little pregame, but you guys don't Mm -hmm. know this. We didn't have pregame. We just we just went because I took a nap. Um, yes, I I kind of have one. I want to talk. Yeah, yeah. All right, do it. Fearlessly train. Do we just throwing this out there? Do we train too hard? 
Huh. Fuck does that mean? Well, there's a lot of posts lately about sub failure training, ah. leaving a rep in reserve. That's how Dusty got to where he is today. He's never gone to failure. I think about all those workouts that I did all those forced reps and then I didn't see gains and I did more forced reps and I didn't see gains and I did more forced reps and I didn't see gains. And then like, you know, a year later I saw some gains somewhere, but I'm not sure if they came from just food or being relentless or what. Probably when you took a break. That's when you started. You know, I just wonder, you know, would this progress have been endlessly linear had I, you know. Of course. You'd been 400 pounds for sure. Ronnie Coleman is a freaking fraction of what he could have been. A fraction. Right. Right. Of what he could have been. Yeah. Right. That's actually a great topic because I see it a lot as well. And I don't I don't get irritated because I really just don't give a shit what anybody does. I'm like, oh, I don't do your thing. But here's what I think is interesting about that. And I'm going to go into just arguing over training at the same portion. So when I started bodybuilding, if I'm even going to call it that, working out, I only had legs. And I only had legs because I skated every day for hours and hours and hours. And then when I got into bodybuilding and my legs were only touched once a week like everything else, my upper body actually passed my legs. And it got to the point where I was lacking in the legs. And there were times, and I know you experienced this too, Ron, with sports. Like, you'd go, I'd go to the rink, and my legs hurt when I got there. And you would just train anyways, and you would just skate anyways, and they'd be fine, and they grew. And I wasn't even trying to make them grow. I wasn't eating to make them grow. I just think that this whole, I guess it's very fitting, in my opinion, to the fact that we're just trying to make everything fucking easier. There's an easier way to be successful now. So, and I'm sure there's some science that gets argued on it because science and different findings, like everybody's, I could show you a study. Cool. I'll show you a study that debunks that one. Let's do this all day long. Right. Well, here's a little take. So I had someone the other day say, well, Ronnie Coleman, he didn't train to failure. If you watch his videos, he didn't, he was no one giving him forced reps and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but he trained until his form was shit. And what I mean by that is he would, you know, the first six reps of the row were pretty good. And then he'd heave and heave and heave. And by rep 10, he was really heaving. Yeah. So technically, he's beyond failure at that point. Just because you're not getting someone's hands on the bar like Dorian used to, where they force a perfect rep. There's other ways mm-hmm. to go beyond failure. You know, right. had Ronnie kept his form super tight, he wouldn't have gotten as many reps on every set. You know, so there was a lot of stuff where, you know, you can see the form on the last rep isn't as good as the form on the first rep. So, you know, his form is breaking, which means he's training to failure. Like there's no reps left in reserve. Yeah. There's right. no, there's no reps left in reserve to, uh, to, to put it in the terms that everyone's using now. So there's lots of ways. And then some people say, oh, Jay didn't train to failure, but Jay was sort of along the lines of Ronnie. There was a whole bunch of sets in Jay's workout where his form would like, you know, you'd see him doing press downs and then he'd get the last few weeks even on him you know what i mean and mm-hmm. that that's that's training past failure like i know i know meadows and meadows and i talked about this many times but he defined failure i believe as a five percent break in your form hmm. like if you have right. to break form a certain percentage to complete the rep you're now into failure territory 
So right. some people, I just wanted to clear that up. Some people think training to failure means Dorian style training to failure where you're doing forced reps and all that stuff. But there's lots of ways to train with no reps left in reserve to use that term. Right. So my main thing is I saw someone talking about reps in reserve and a study they did and the people that left a rep in reserve or even two reps in reserve made the same gains or better gains or whatever. But again, these studies, they aren't carried on over long periods of time on bodybuilders who are already kind of beyond a reasonable level of muscle. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So yeah. they might take athletes because athletes are very strong and developed, but they still have a ton of room for hypertrophy. Do you know what I mean? Right. Sure. So you could take, you could find a group of athletes who squat 400 pounds and you could do a hypertrophy <clears throat> thing on them and say, oh, well, they all grew and the people with a rep and reserve actually grew really well. But what about two years down the road? Who's growing more than that sort of thing? I have a lot of questions. And obviously we all would have a lot of questions regarding this stuff. My main thing is that I've spent 33 years in the gym every single day, no breaks. I've been, I've been in a gym almost every day of my life. I've seen a lot of people who train to the eight or nine uh, range of exertion. You know, they have one or two reps in reserve. They're doing it without realizing it. They're doing it unintentionally. They're just counting their reps. You know, they're getting the eight reps and putting the weight down. That's the majority of people in the gym. Yep. None of them are huge. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I see a lot of people, a vast majority of them who don't train to failure and they're never the biggest ones in the gym. Do you know what I mean? So that's one thing I have a hard time with is I've just seen too many people who train really, really hard be successful over the years. They're always the ones that get bigger. They're the, they're the bodybuilders. They look like they look a certain way. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I'm very fascinated. Obviously I would love to stumble on the right formula, you know, three workouts of this and then two workouts of this and then three workouts of this. Like that would be amazing if we could come up with a formula where we all just grew in a linear fashion and never stalled out or plateaued and everything. And that's the magic of, trying to figure out your body and all that. But I just, I worry that there's people out there that are seeing those videos and they're like, oh, and they're yeah. never, they're never training to failure. And now what are we, what's going to happen? Well, what do you think? Well, I think you nailed it is most people are already doing that and don't know. Yeah. It. Most people, don't <clears> they're already failure, leaving so. reps in reserve and then they're like, oh, I should back down further. Yeah, maybe they, and, they think they train super hard. And and I and it's not a discredit to anybody because I think you know, I've told the story a million times about how I got there, and I'm sure we all have. Where the day you found out how to train, everything changes, you know. Um, and you nailed it. Is it, who do you like? Simply put, and I, and I hate using like the one in the gym because obviously there's there's different levels but like you said across the board when you're looking at the biggest most advanced freaks on the planet do you think that <clears throat> anyone in the top 20 of the olympia and i'm and i'm choosing them on purpose because they're genetically elite they're better than anyone on the show or listening to this show do you think any of them are leaving anything in the tank you know 
I don't see it. All I hear about and, and even see now in videos is them taking it further and further. The only thing that alters is maybe their version of what intensity is. You know, like I look looking at uh, Michaela train. It's the most excruciating looking rep of your life. And there's 20 of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like the set of leg press. Fucking <laughs> rep is just, I mean, I found myself watching her videos and biting or gritting my teeth. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm not even in the set. I'm not even in the room. This happened yesterday. Yeah. That's how intense she trains. Look what's happened. Then look at a branch, look at a Johnny and on down the line. I don't think any of them, I don't, I never recall Johnny Jackson yelling at branch going, stop. You've done enough. Yeah. yeah. Right. His form slipped 27 reps ago. Right, right. There's well, certain things too. that are just so safe to cheat on. Yeah, I know. You know, so yeah. I don't know. I, I, I see those things too, Ron. But again, I, I get frustrated and not with the individuals, but because I do feel like we're we're really hunting on a way to make this easier more than better. Like you said, it's a, it's a flawed study because of who you're looking at. I always just looked up, you know, at the guys above and said, well, what are they doing? What are the guys doing that are where I want to be? And I feel like the people who are trying to advance up the mountain don't want to take that into account at all. You know, much like the boner pills that we're taking so much heat for. Oh, yeah. We're going to have you to know, talk about right? that, too. The, the guys who are that. talking about, oh, it's great for vasodilation before I go in. And, and, oh, and I'm not arguing that it's not. But I'm going to bet pretty safely that not a single guy in the top 10 of the Olympia takes a Cialis before heading to the gym. I'm going to get wild with yeah. it and assume that that is correct because I just, I known enough great bodybuilders and what they do versus what general public does and the amount of mental masturbation that goes into it. And it blows my mind. Well, it might depend on what they're doing after the gym too. <laughs> there, there is that. Right. They might be going cross town to see a lady friend. You know, hit the gym. You plenty of time. You have an hour with Seattle. You're good to go. It's a oh, whole day oh, thing. Yeah, you don't need to do yeah, a yeah. train. Yeah. Not that I would know that. I'm just saying I've heard. I've um, heard. Somebody told me. I just <laughs> took it before training because I didn't want to forget later. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now that yeah, makes go. sense to me. Anyways, tell your friends. Um, oh, you're not supposed to say that see, when you leave? No, no. So, so here's 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 another tell your friends. Um, here's another thing. I remember Dorian being being very clear several times, saying that he would train the way he trained in the video for about six weeks. Yep. And then he would do a week or two where he wouldn't do any forced reps. He would just train to failure. So, so Dorian's deloading was to go in and do the same workout, but just ending the sets when you hit the fail rep. Yeah. yeah. That was his back off. And, and so I, I mean, and he said that that, you know, was a real key to seeing, you know, progress all the time. Every time he went back to the six week little blast. And I'm not sure if maybe he was doing something else with his supplements and line with those little, little pulses that he was doing. But, um, but I mean, so, you know, it's not that the old school guys weren't periodizing or anything yeah. like that. They had a bit of a rhythm to how they trained and did things too, but um, but their 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 easy weeks were still training to failure. Is yeah, my point, right? Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. So and obviously, you know, he was a genetic specimen for growing, and 
you know, all that stuff, seeing lean in the off season and all that shit. But, um, yeah, I just, the, the, the sheer numbers of people that I've seen that train kind of hard and pretty hard, but they don't really make a lot of progress. I've just seen too many of those people. The only people that get huge in my experience, you know, big are mm. the people who have like crazy genetics for it. And we see them at a young age. We know who they are. And then there's the guys who are like, are killing it. Like where you're like, ah, those guys over there are killing it. And then three months later, everyone's in the gym. Everyone in the gym is like, yeah, those guys are bigger. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. it just, I've just seen that, you know, that's, that's my experience. Of course, I don't have the uh, lab assays to supply and the uh, cross-sectional um, fiber measurements of everyone and their one rep maxes and all that stuff. But it just seems like, you know, you know, like we're in, in today's society, I sort of don't feel like we need to encourage people to not train as hard. Like, That's the take right. home right there. Absolutely. You <laughs> like know. they're, they're already doing a bit of that on their own. We, we can, if you just leave people to their, to their vices, there'll be days where they don't train very hard. If you just leave mm-hmm. most people alone, you don't have to worry about that. So yeah. I sort of feel like we're, we're focusing on the thing we don't need to, we don't need to focus on. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely agree. I was going to add to the reason, one of the main reasons that I contacted Dante when I did with DC training back in the day was I read about him and he was not a naturally big guy. In fact, he was a naturally small guy. Hmm. He literally was in college at like 150 or 60 pounds and tall, you know, and he basically... At the time, that's when everyone was doing the train for three hours a day, but just kind of get in there and train. I'm using the word train loosely. Like they just went in the gym and spent a lot of time in there. And he worked backwards and said, well, wait a minute, maybe there's a better way. And the reason I bring him up is because, again, what I look at is when I can see someone like him who created many monsters that weren't monsters to begin with, you know, it's not really, it doesn't blow my mind. For example, when I see Chris Aceto take a Sean Roden to the next level, I'm like, oh, that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But he was also Sean Roden. Right. But when I see a guy like Aceto take the hundreds of Ron Partlows and Dusty Hanshaws to the next level, you're like, okay, those guys were not made for this. Holy fuck. Yeah. You right. know, like that is the difference. And and I think that that's the big gap too with, with these kind of deals. It's like just – Ask yourself, if you're looking at these studies, do you really think that the thing that's probably holding you back is because you're trying too hard? Right. Rare. Rare. I've seen it. I've, I've encountered the odd person where I've seen them in the gym. I'm like, oh, this person trains fucking hard. And then they ask me for some help. And, I, and they're like, yeah, I do, you know. 20 sets of quads and i'm like oh shit i've seen your sets like you actually are an animal i'd rather have somebody there though and then and then pull them back and teach them at that point about how to pull back because i think that's a lot easier to do than teach somebody how to push harder you know that pushing harder that's a lifelong thing that we are constantly redefining you know what like your most intense set that's going to be different when you're 16 versus when you're 25. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you yeah. continually redefine what intensity is pulling back. We yeah. can always do that. Yeah. I just, it's, it's rare, but I've, you know, there's been a couple people that I actually said like, you know, 
Well, I mean, I got one guy I'm helping. He's like super fucking strong. And uh, I actually told him like he was training four days in a row and then taking a day off. And I'm like, we got to insert another day off. And we inserted another day off. And, and he's been growing. He's like the strongest he's ever been now. And he's bigger. And that's happened a few times. So when you get a hold of someone who trains properly, proper badass, hardcore training, like I would, I'd never, I, I've never backed one of those guys off on his training intensity. I've added another day off, right? Cause the training is always something I felt you had to do hard. It's you could, you could add more rest days to, to, you know, open up the time window of recovery and all that. So that's my sort of experience anyways. So those guys grow and you give them more rest days, but I've never backed them off. Like don't train so hard. Quit, quit trying so hard, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 All you're doing is you're either, you're either creating more days off or like you said, if they're doing 20 sets, you're like, do that same thing with 12. Yeah. 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 Half the sets or something like that. But the, uh, you know? that effort and intensity, it's like, I, like I always shot for that. So if they're doing it, I would never take it away, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Great yeah. topic. What do you think, no Scott? one's Scott, listening to the show anymore. <clears throat> yeah, Scott looks like he's in deep thought. He's like, no one's going to care about that. We need something like boner pills. No, that was good. That, that was that was a great – so normally, guys, I'm going to give you a little behind the scenes. We've been having a little powwow to decide, hey, what's our starting topic going to be about so that we can bring you guys you know, like, a, like good content that's organized and you know that, that, that touches things that you guys want to hear about. And I think that Ron went out on a limb today. He didn't have a powwow. We just hit the button. And he gave us the topic, and I think you did a really good job. So, well, thank Actually, you. I had uh, that on my mind. I had because I knew that we. <laughs> I love that. I knew, that was great. I knew, I knew that we. I knew that we didn't have a topic, so I brought one. I was like, yeah. "We'll see what the guys think of this." It's good. Bring your so own good. Topic. Took the initiative. Yeah. And then I like how we didn't actually talk about it or have a vote on whether we were going to do it. We just did it. Ron just took the reins. While I was risking big risk. I did want to say, and Dusty did mention it, we we got some heat on social media and on YouTube about the the Cialis, the Viagra. There's some people that maybe didn't agree because, and I will tell you, from firsthand experience, that stuff does work. And and people use it before shows, too. I noticed increased vascularity, better pumps. Do you take so, it before the show? I don't. I, I didn't I had, one. I tried to call sex the show? Yeah. <laughs> I tried Wait, it. I, wow. Was it, was that's it, cool. Was hey, it how a, do you want to go uh, get the show? I was mean, it a game changer? You know what I mean? Like, no. Was, was it? Was um, it like, would you have not won the show and now you won the show? No. You know, I don't see it like that. But I do think there there is some merit. So I, I do just want to appease the people to say that, yes, we know that. You do know that, right, Ron? That's the key, I guess, here. Well, yeah. Um, These are people that wanted to educate you in case you didn't know. Oh, I, I yeah. want to educate Ron, too, though, on this note. Because, you know, the guy goes to the AVNs every year. Well, he has well, a couple it's been years, a few but he years. used to. He, he hasn't talked to. about that here. But he used to go to the AVNs, and and do you think that these stars, these movie stars that are young, aren't you know using a little help to run the show? There's nothing oh, wrong with you young bucks tossing back a pill or two and changing a woman or two's life. 
That's hey. okay. Ron took oh, no. that away from you last time, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you don't need to have a misfunctioning part to decide you want to change the girl's life. There you go. Or oh, guys, no, no. sorry, I can't say that. My bad. There's no, no nuance, no nuance anymore. Ever, I, of course, of course, I'm all for you know okay. i mean i understand it's a competitive market out there exactly. you might only get you might only get you might only get one shot with literally your dream, with your gym crush and and you gotta lay it down and i understand in today's there market with uh, the online options and how easy it is to just move on you you got a superman up you know throw an anadrol in there just for good measure and a halo yeah and you Not go over there with your cialis viagra anadrol mm. halo maybe stack. a little red bull on top with of the jumper cables red bull, watch watch Wait, the caffeine it's a vasoconstrictor yeah, and a gatorade enough. Got to stay and hydrated. A, and a Gatorade. Put actually a little bit of extra salt in that Gatorade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you get your ass over there and you fucking lay it down. <laughs> I understand. And then, Good. and then, Whew. yeah. And Wait, then you can do you go over that stack two. again? Take it. I'm yeah. sorry. Take notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, throw in some herbs with it. I'm sure there's a few herbs. You want to throw you some horny goat weed in there and, you know, you got horny a couple other things, name. you know. Yeah, what does horny goat weed do? Oh, what do you think? Yeah, <laughs> okay. you're yeah. Throw it in. it's a cocktail. It's yeah, fine. all right. I, I just want to make sure because the way you no, led no. last week, I was a little offended. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. No, no. But um, here's here's a little message for you guys that are in your twenties out there. You're in your you're in your twenties. You, you, you make sure you don't get hooked on boner pills and think you. Oh my god, I don't have a boner pill. I can't go over to this chick's house. You gotta yeah. make sure you can still. Do your thing. I hear stories about guys getting psychologically hooked on the boner mm. pills. They, they can't even like, uh. can't even like do anything without them. They're like paranoid. It's not going to work. Hmm. And it's like, no, you got to, you know, take care of your shit. Make sure it's functioning. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a point too. I'll give you that. Throwing that out there. That's a, there's a little concern. I see a little bit of that. I watched a, I watched a, a little podcast clip about, about psychological addiction to boner pills, except they didn't use the term boner pills. And um, that was weird. Sort of, that's, that's, weird. that's us. So yeah, just, you know, I'm just saying, don't get hooked on boner pills, you know? I'm shocked they okay. didn't call them that. Wild. Yeah. All right, there we go. Now we've completely derailed everything. You're welcome. Um, but it was really bothering me, Ron, so I'm glad to know that you're you're understood. No, no. Hey, okay. I, I, I've, I've, I've done the Vegas throwdown too, you know? That a boy. You you know, you know, it's going to be a long day. You're like, listen, well, there's this is round bit, four. You know what the thing about? Do. Here's the thing about a Cialis when you're in Vegas is you don't know. Like, I, you don't know if it's if it's not going to be like till one in the morning till you get back to the room or not, right? And Valid. you don't know how many drinks in you are. You might be back to the room by ten o'clock. You might be back to the room by one thirty. You're just not sure. And you just want you just want that week coverage on the weekend. I get it. It's a blanket, really. Yeah, it's a daily blanket. So I just I, think that when when you get to the point where you're crushing up Viagra and snorting it in the bathroom, I think you're you're uh, you're a lost cause. There was one other thing I wanted to throw out there. Dusty's like, no, I do it all the time. <laughs> I we put it in got, my eyes, but whatever. We um, had uh, this this scammer that was uh, oh, commenting oh. on all our stuff. Their name is Inbox Me. Think big bodybuilding media and they're asking people they're saying hey you won a contest you were selected contact me 
They want you to hit them up on Telegram. They're going to ask you for money. They're going to be like, you want a prize? You just have to send us money and we'll ship it out. Guys, if we ever do a contest, we're not going to ask for money from you. So if you got a message from them, I did delete the guy. But if, if he comes back or whatever, just know if you win a prize, you'll know you won a prize and you won't have to pay shit. Yeah. We're at the point now where you should you should know to ignore almost everything that's offered to you online. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And request from you. If anyone asks anything of you, hey, I need a favor. Hey, can you send me yeah. like can you send me your phone number? Can you like just whatever yeah. people ask for? Even if it's you your mom, the, you know, could be yeah. his. Like just fucking ignore every request of you online. Like none of this bullshit is real. Yeah. And I feel so bad for people getting their Instagram stolen, you know, like somebody that they do really know contacts them and says something. They're like, Oh yeah. And then they click a link, like, and the yep. next thing you know, their Instagram doesn't work. And yeah, I feel bad for that, but I just stopped clicking on links. Like I, I've, I've even told fans, fans have sent me links to stuff like, you know, when uh, the link picture pops up, so you know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's actually a website like, oh, hey, take a look at this guitar. You know, yeah. I'm like, oh, I know this is a real link. But if it's just a link in your Instagram. Yeah, don't touch that. Yeah. Don't fucking touch it. Just tell the person I don't open links. Like if it's a real friend, yeah, I don't, I'm not opening links. I've had to I've, say that. I, yeah, I have fans send me stuff all the time. Fans of the show. They're like, oh, check this out. Check that out. I'm sorry. I don't open links, man. Yeah. I'm not clicking on anything you send me. Send me a screenshot of it. Yeah. Don't send me the link because I'm not go. clicking it. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to save some people because I actually had somebody reach out to me and they're like, hey, uh, I'm on Telegram right now and I'm trying to get a hold of you. Uh, I'm having a problem with the system. And I was like, whoa, hold on. And at the time, I was already making a post to let people know. So I hope he didn't get anybody. And if we do ever do a contest, which we are going to do contests in 23, uh, you will, we'll say it right on the show. If you win something, you're going to know. Like, I'm going to say it. Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ignore everybody. Everybody's a scammer and a loser and a crook. That's yes. my advice. Yeah, that's good advice. Yep. Can't and say that one, though. I think yeah, it was you, uh, you wanting to beat the guy up that got us demonetized. Oh, cool. So I can't say cunt. Good. I don't think it was cunt. <laughs> I had literally, it took me like 40 additional minutes to edit that segment last time. So I'm not going to do that again. I'll just start. I was laughing so out hard because every time we said it, I'm like, Scott has to go into every single it was, one. It was Pete. fun and it was funny, but it's not something I could do every day. Only once. <laughs> Only once. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, do we have YouTube questions? We got some YouTube questions, don't we? We do. We've got a bunch, actually. Um, I'll start here. This guy had an interesting one. He says, uh, let's see, which one was it? There we go. This is from JM15. He says, all you guys are great coaches with years and years of experience. If any of you were approached by a top-level open athlete like Big Rami, Nick, Hunter, Hottie, could, would you work with them? Why or why not? Would you feel more pressure than you feel with your athletes you currently work with? It's a good question. Great question. Yeah, it's a good question. Everybody always says, oh, man, if I was working with Rami, I'd do this. You know what I mean? It's easy when you're like, you know, yeah. what do they call that? Like they call it like Monday afternoon, Monday morning quarterbacking or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's also a lot of bullshit that comes with some of those guys at that level. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you, you talk to Chris Aceto about what, what it's like dealing with guys, you know, certain guys like, you know, when you deal with, with certain bodybuilders, you also have to put up with their manager. 
sometimes interfering in the coaching experience. I've heard of that sort of stuff. And like there, you know, is their wife involved? Is she in there telling you what to do Getting Like some of these, some of these guys at the top level, there's like a bit of baggage that comes with helping some of these guys and not the names you said, obviously I'm just saying, I've heard stories from Chris and Chad and guys that told me that, you know, some guys just then, you know, I mean, Chris has said no to like some amazing bodybuilders. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's just because all the time, you know, maybe, yeah, like, you know, maybe they jump around coaches too much. He's just like, eh, what's the point? They're just going to do one show with me and then probably jump and then what, you know, then I look like an idiot. So they just say no. So sometimes there's a lot more like people think like, oh my God, if I just coach this one guy, his genetics are so good that he'll look awesome. And then I'll be, I'll be on the map as a great coach. But, you know, Coaching at that level, there's also a lot of other shit involved. Like now you got to travel. Like if you're coaching guys for the Olympia, you have to travel to the show. You have to, you know, maybe you got to go to another pro show during the year. Maybe you got to do other stuff. Like there's, you know, how much of a commitment is it going to be to do this? So there's, there's a lot going on. It would all come down to the relationship. And I mean, obviously if somebody at a high level asks you to coach them, there's, I'd be, you know, interested in talking. Sure. You, know, you, right. you want to have a chat. What's what, you know, why are you coming to me? You know, like that's a question mm-hmm. I ask a lot of people. Like you have to have a reason. Like yeah. what was your, what's your reason? You know, sometimes their reason is really good, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's a lot more to, a lot more to it than just, Oh, I got a guy with good genetics. I'm going to look like a fucking super, super knowledgeable coach. You know, there's a yeah. lot more to it. What's their blood work? Like you got to request blood work from guys at this level. What about you, Dusty? I was going to say that I would, depending on the person, I would do it. But here's the difference. I, I have never had this huge aspiration. Like when I got into coaching and, and kind of made it a, a second income, um, I never had aspirations to start training guys for the biggest shows and become like the known guy. I like helping people who like are getting started or advancing. And yeah, they might, you know, I've got multiple people turn pro and things like that. But I've never had desire. Like I've never, ever in my entire life walked up to someone backstage at a show and been like, you should work with me. I could take you further. Mm-hmm. Like I don't reach out to anyone. You call me if you want to work with me and that's it. Like, yeah. so there's not a huge aspiration there. Um, and like Ron said, I would want to know, cause at that level, my question would be, why has it not worked in the past for you? Because when I see somebody who's consistently missing, I do think to myself, especially because I've seen guys who are like, oh, I didn't work with Chris Osito. He wasn't paying attention to me. I'm like, eh, I know everyone's ever worked with Chris, and he is just shy of insane at how closely he watches you. So that's not true. Like, where does it lie with you? You know? Yeah. And obviously, I've heard stories of top, top guys um, who are so genetically gifted that they will cheat on their diet. They'll tell their coach, um, and then they have to deal with fixing it every time. Yep. Whereas people who are less genetically gifted often, uh, if they're really serious, they don't make mistakes because they know they can't, you know? So uh, in the right situation, I would do it, but it would not be in hopes to expand my career into that area because I have no interest in training 10 top pros, none. I will take 10 soccer moms over 10 top pros in a heartbeat. There's a lot of noise that comes with training guys at that level like there's a lot of noise like you know so you have to want to be in that you know certain amount of noise you know what i mean it's well, chris has had to deal with before you know this yeah. ron 
guys yeah. who are mad because he's got other guys in the same show and he's like i'm bringing you all into your best yeah. hands out of my hands i don't give a shit what happens like yeah. chris rarely goes to the shows unless he's doing like a play-by-play -play. he don't even go he gets done and that's it he'll he'll fly home to maine as soon as he puts you on stage he's like i'd right, see you you know i mean i've been fortunate enough that he stayed through a couple times but i mean overall his work is done he's like all right see you later you know, um, and I think that's the big factor. And that's why if you see the guys that a top guy constantly talks about, it's the people that they really enjoyed working with, yeah. not just mm -hmm. because they're the best. But like, you know, I think back to um, when Roden took third at the Olympia the first time, um, Chris had told me like a few weeks out from the show, he told uh, Sean told Chris, he goes, man, I just I'd like to be in the top five at the Olympia in the next few years. And Chris is like, oh, I was thinking we'd do that in like the next three weeks. <laughs> and cool. so when he ends up getting third, obviously, you would think throw a party, get wild, right? I mean, look what just happened. After finals, he asked Chris, can I have a brand muffin? And he had a brand muffin as his cheat and went right back to his diet because they competed again in a week or two when they started the tour. That's cool. That's the kind of shit that I hear. I'm like, well, no fucking wonder you love training with that guy. He yeah. was a machine and he earned his right. And you got guys that, you know, can't stay on their plan the day of the show, let alone after they take third best on the planet. Yeah. And they can't send you pictures. You're like, where are my yep. pictures? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Like, I was kind of tired this morning and, you know, my wife wasn't around. Like, there's an app for that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, another thing, too. Let's just get this out of the way. If a client says, oh, my, my girlfriend wasn't around to take pictures they're just irresponsible there's an app for that i've heard that too many times yeah 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 i'd agree with that i i would yeah. say this and i think you touched on something dusty part of it is a personality thing like would you would we jive would that person and me jive as cool as it sounds mm -hmm. to be like oh yeah i'm gonna coach nick walker this season would we actually work good yeah. together you know because i think that 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 is like the the biggest part of it a lot of people can get you in shape but do our personalities actually work together and do you like the dieting style that i use you know some people because you can do it different ways right you can mm -hmm. some people will have like you know well, there, I won't get into that, but you could do it a lot of different ways. And do you like the particular way that, that that coach diets? Do you like the way they communicate? All that stuff, I think, is part of what makes a good match. And that obviously, that goes at any level, right? So mm -hmm. I would think, let's say Nick Walker is like, Scott McNally, you're the only person to coach me for the next Olympia. I'm like, well, Nick, we would start in the off season. You know what I mean? I'd be like, mm -hmm. I would, let's trial it out. You know what I mean? Let's trial it out in a time where it's not quite as important as not detrimental and see how it goes for a couple months. And if it didn't mm -hmm. work out, then you could change it up. But I agree. I, I can say that Victoria has to deal with the personality stuff and the management stuff a little bit more than I do because she does work with big name people. I can't say mm -hmm. a lot of them, but like in, in some of them, and these aren't the people that are the personality people, but people like uh, Steffi Cohen and uh, DLB. She's, you know, she, mm -hmm. she's known as working with them on their health stuff. Um, right. and, and people at that level, they do have, like you said, Ron, those big communities of people. You might not even talk to them. You might talk to their, you know, their assistant and their mm -hmm. assistant is filtering all the stuff through. So it, I could see how that could be complicated. And the thing I've noticed is, 
the bigger uh, the better somebody is, the bigger their personality is, or the bigger their personality gets. You know, I've worked mm-hmm. with people who started out from literally just being happy to be there to trying to win pro shows, and that evolves over time, and it does get a lot more complicated. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more fun to deal with the people who are happy to be there and can continue to be happy to be there even when things get more intense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. You know, I still get a huge kick out of like I've ha- helped a bunch of natural people get pro cards. Yeah. And I still get a huge satisfaction out of getting a, na- a natty person to win a show. Yeah. Like, that you know, is cool. Just, that's just a you know you know you, you you feel like like that's like a true lit, litmus test over whether you know what you're doing or not. Right? Right. Like remove remove all the drugs, you know. Take a person with like you know average middle of the road sort of genetics for this, and and if they win a natural show at any level, it's like a huge win. You know, okay. it feels right. great. Yeah. yeah, I always I always took a lot of pride in those just because you know they're it's like the stripped down version you know yeah for sure some people it's like ask it, too they'll it, be like you don't want to coach me because i'm natty right like you only yeah, work with and I'm like no people. no it's like it's sort of like how it's sort of like how a, a, a guitar player on an acoustic guitar with nothing else that's where you see how good they actually are or if right. they, you know like how many mistakes can they get away with on an acoustic with no nothing else going on right as opposed to like <laughs> you know full band cranked amps and all that right so yep. it's sort of the same analogy like you're stripping it down to literally diet and training diet and training and like yep. that's it so it's fun all right i have one i really needed to make sure i got because i missed it before because this was from patreon from nick uh, question topic for the next is just bodybuilding. Um, when, if ever, do you think they will allow PEDs back in sports? Everyone wants to see the freak show. And at the end of the day, sports are just a bunch of businesses. And then he has a part two. He says, where and who would you like to see on what PEDs? Connor McGregor, I'm the UFC. Uh, I'm the UFC in in the UFC with a gram of trend. UFC. Yeah, yeah. Marathon runners <laughs> on Clen or something funny like girls tennis players on Halo. <laughs> He's obviously a regular watcher of the show. I just want to see everybody on meth. <laughs> just a bit of meth, like a little line of speed before every event. Let's just see what happens. Let's just jack them up, max them out. Make them take like two Adderalls before before they go. Oh Jesus! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, I that think what you'd run the ultimate. What you'd run into, and I don't disagree. Like, I, they can never openly say it's okay. Yeah, to do drugs because the problem with that is, is how do I explain that to my little leaguer? That well, don't worry, mm. kiddo. Eventually, I'm going to put you on a cycle. Yeah, yeah. I think what makes that even worse uh, to dig this question way further than he intended is when I used to own the supplement stores, I was fascinated by the number of men that would come in with their sons and tell me, well, I'm probably just going to get them on some D-ball or whatever because they were like in high school trying to make it somewhere in football and a few things. Number one, the dad didn't know his ass from a fucking hole in the ground when it came to drugs. So that was painful. And secondly, it'd be like, well, it's a senior year. I'm like, well, if they're not calling already, you're fucked, kiddo. 
like I was getting shit in the mail when I was a sophomore. They couldn't like touch base with you. But the fact that all of a sudden schools are just sending you information that you should check out. And then the next year they're hardcore inviting you to come up and take a look at the place. If you're not getting that, you're not getting it. So I think it would be frightening because watching parents at like, you know, kids level at sporting events is comical to me because I want to walk out there and be like, none of these fucking kids are going to make it. So just fucking relax. <laughs> relax. <laughs> that, one, that one kid, that one yeah. kid's dad can, can stand, yeah. can still yell. Everyone else shut <laughs> up. Yeah. The rest of them well, make sure they do it good is, at school. It, it sets me off because of the fact that like what really should matter for kids is what they learn for life from sports. Hmm, yeah. The fact that if you work really hard, there's payoff. Also, the fact that sometimes you work really hard and it still doesn't fucking work out. Or you get screwed and it doesn't work out on a bad call or whatever it is. That's truly the point of sports. And if we started pointing out that drugs were just prevalent, it would become a serious, serious problem down the lines because – I know enough dumbass parents that would be like, oh, well, the kid just needs a little drugs and we'll be fine. I'm like, no, your kid sucks. Yeah. He sucks. Drugs won't fix mm-hmm. it. Like, you know, I've taken a ton of gear in my life and it's not going to allow me to hit a ball out of fucking Fenway. So I still suck at baseball. Let's not worry about it, you know? But that's the only yeah. reason I see it not happening. But I do think if you, if you know anything and if you've worked with athletes like we have, drugs have never left sports. They're just getting better at getting around them. They just got to be cautious now, and and that's it, you know. But I, anybody who I, thinks that all of these athletes are just natural now, you are nuts. I would like to see. Um, my main thing is I want to see all the recreational drugs taken out of the test. I know there's, you know, weed has been removed mostly, but I also want to see coke taken out. I want their lives to be roller coaster disasters that are super entertaining to watch. <laughs> and they still show up to fight. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the guy where like he's, he got arrested two weeks ago yes. and he was in jail and then he's still at the event and he's about to come out for his fight. And you're like, oh, I got to see this. He's got a lot to like, be angry about, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still want the chaos. <laughs> I don't want them suspended or anything. I still want the DUIs. I still want all the, yeah. the chronic yeah. shit that happens with some of these dudes. Take and I still the want ring. them to compete that yeah. week. Yeah, take it out in the yeah, ring. That week. In their moment of crisis, I want to see them in a championship fight. <laughs> well, I think we saw a lot of that. Didn't John Daly essentially do the, the majority of his yeah, career? Yeah, right. He did that. Someone. Yeah. I, I assume they weren't drug testing golfers back then. Um, you know, not that he looked like he needed a drug test in the sports type of way, but um, definitely a Different legend. Drugs. Different Definitely drugs. Definitely a yes, legend. I, yeah. Check this yeah, out. Absolutely. So in the the Think Big Facebook group, there was a, a conversation. Somebody asked, "Do you guys think that Conor McGregor is on steroids?" And of course he is. Somebody posted this. This is a side by side transformation, let's say, of him. Uh, and this is you can see the years here. So 2015, then 2021, then 2022. (laughs) So, yeah. Could you do that? Let me ask you guys. Let's go from 21 to 22. Could you do that naturally, do you think, at this stage of his life and career? I would say, you know, I mean, I would think he's probably doing at least some TRT plus. Like, like. Can he pass a drug test? Very possibly. Oh, yeah. Right? 
right? Because yeah. you get your test, you just get your test levels right up to that brim of normal and make sure they're they're in that range, you know. And if you do that, you'll pass a drug test, like you know. So, so I mean, he could be totally fine passing drug tests and still be on like TRT plus. That's the window that I think almost everyone is trying to master right now. That's yeah. the magic mm -hmm. zone everyone's trying to ride. Like, well, if I take 175 megs of sip a week, I'm fine. The I test fail. Epi test yeah. ratio. Yeah. Uh, epi mm -hmm. test ratio stays under control. I take this supplement and this supplement for, you know, my aromatization and all that. And I keep everything just right. Yeah. And I think that's probably what's what's going on with a lot of guys. They're just trying to optimize that keyword that we all love. Yeah. What do you think, Dusty? Well, he's definitely on, and I think he's not trying to hide it. <laughs> and I don't think he's returning to fighting. I mean, because if he is, like, listen, I think that he is a fucking genius for the way he's handled so many things in the marketing world. Like, <laughs> you, if you hate, I mean, if you hate him, you watch him. If you love him, you watch him. Now he's blown up and looks jacked. But if he was honestly thinking about fighting, he's a worse fighter now. I guarantee it. I'm just mm. looking at him. He's mm. bulky. Mm. Like, which of the great fighters that you can think of, and I'm not a UFC expert at all, but how many of them look like bodybuilders? Like, yeah. they might have yeah. some muscle tissue, but they don't have bulk. That shit's in the way. It's going to gas you out. I mean, it just, you know, hats off to him for deciding he wants to be jacked. But... I would, you know, I'm ignoring the numbers at the top of the screen. Yeah. But if somebody said, is the guy from 2021 or the guy from 2022 winning in a fight? I'd be like, I'm all my money on 21. Hmm. Especially if this lasts more than about 30 seconds. <laughs> unless he's, you know, unless there's somebody he really wants to get in a higher weight class. <laughs> yeah. But I even I'm think that that you. would be, but I still think that that would be a mistake because they're naturally in that weight class. So they're not bulked out to make that happen um yeah. but i love it i mean i think he's more worried about doing proper 12 drop-offs with his shirt off and getting jewelry from companies and being a multi-millionaire which is awesome like i actually support everything about the dude the way he rolls through i think it's i think it's very easy to pick on someone who went from broke to being worth hundreds of millions of dollars like i don't think the average person can even understand how easy it is to fuck up when you have nothing to worry about and nothing but time and money on your hands. Like yeah. it's, it's tricky. <laughs> you know, I see a lot of people get into more trouble with less. Let's say that. Yeah. Mm. You know, I mean, like, do you think it's hard for Conor McGregor to get cocaine no matter what city in the world he's in in an hour? Oh, like, <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? So I, I just don't think people get that. But yes, he's definitely on, and I think he looks awesome. So if Ron can get weed at a bodybuilding expo, Connor can, can get, get it. It gets delivered <laughs> without us even asking. It just shows up. The, the funny thing about guys with that much money is they don't even look for drugs. They just hire someone, and they say, okay, your job, part of your job as my assistant is to always have them. Like, yeah. before I ask for them, you have them. The drugs so are then there. I don't have to look for them. Huh. So then that's that person's problem. And there's never a shortage. And he, you know what I mean? Like they don't ever worry about that stuff. Hmm. So it's good life management. Yeah. Good life management. 
tips. I like to give people tips. <laughs> All right. Mark don't has forget, one. everyone, next week we're going to do a uh, show on recovering from addiction with Tony Mandrich. Yes. I'm um, excited for that. Oh, did you? Bef- but quick, but what, one thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One thing. One thing before we do this. I saw a hilarious, I don't know if I sent it to you guys, but it was a reel about a dude talking about the record industry in the 80s. And the fade guy, did you see the video of uh-huh. the fade guy? Oh, I should have sent it that. to you. He was saying that in the 80s, you'd look at the the record companies, you know, they're they're really pumping out the hits, right? They're making yeah. their Michael Jacksons and they're making their like it's the 80s was a huge time for the music industry. It was fucking exploding, right? And they're cranking out records. And the accounting departments were a little bit unaware. They're just working as fast as they can. So there was a fade guy for every album. Like a lot of times, you know, the, the they'd pay a fade, a fade guy. And mm-hmm. they bring a really good fade guy in. And, and his job is to, to fade out things or whatever. He's a man. He's the fade guy. You know, they use them on the record. So they got the producer, they got the sound engineer, they got, you know, guitar tech, they got the band, they got the studio rented, and then they got a fade guy. The fade guy never existed. The fade guy was the Coke budget. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) That's hilarious. Employ someone to do it. That's great. That was just a thing. Fade guy. Fade guy. 15K. Oh, that's nothing. Album only costs 100 grand to make. Fade guy was 15K. It's nothing. Boom. Yeah. You need a fade guy, or else the album just stops. You know, each song just There's, stops yeah. without him. There's no fade guy. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> There's a Coke budget. Yeah. yeah. But they couldn't write down 15K for Coke budget. That wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah. They got to keep the band happy, right? You get the big band in the studio, and you just want to keep them, like, from, you know, just keep them in the studio. Working. They don't yeah. want them yeah. running around looking for their own shit, getting in trouble. Just keep them there. Keep somebody on them. Huh. Fade guy. Fade guy's the guy that keeps the band fucking in the studio. Part of the budget. Like just part of the budget. Okay. Yeah, great. it was just hilarious. He was just saying how it took a while for like record studios to kind of get in trouble for that. And they kind of stopped doing it. So. <laughs> All right. I mean, they changed the way they did it, but go ahead. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mark Taylor has a question. He says, gentlemen, question for the next show. Ronnie Coleman, one of the greatest, if not the greatest bodybuilder of all time. Do you think the injuries he suffered um, and the severity of them leaving him as he is now casts a small shadow over his reign as king uh, for the price that he is paid. Uh, I mean, I never really thought of it that way. Never crossed my mind. I just sort of see like it is what it is, you know? Um, I think, I mean, there's, speculation and i don't know all the facts but from what i've heard and read and seen in movies and then stuff that ronnie has actually said a lot of his issues came after the first rounds of surgery where he you know had those weak bolts put in but then he was training too hard too fast and kept breaking shit and things kept getting worse and so i know there was a, a a bunch of that came like you know afterwards um after the initial surgeries you know i mean i I don't i just don't think that way like you know like i say like you don't want to regret things too much because if you didn't do them then your whole life would be different so you know it's hard to say like oh ronnie held back a bit or whatever i mean it's just it's an impossible game to play it's kind of a waste of time um if anything it 
it's sort of, I don't know, makes him like in some people's eyes, he's kind of a martyr. Like hmm. he, he paid the ultimate price to be the goat, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's a reminder to people that if you want to be the goat, <laughs> there might be a price tag, you know? Right. And um, I don't know. I mean, Ronnie's on record saying he wouldn't change it. So I don't know if it casts a shadow on it. I think it almost kind of brings attention to like how crazy what he did is like he was he was a fucking like you know well, you remember he, he had a, that interview where they they asked him about you know if, if he regretted the way he trained yeah um, and he did he did say he said yes um when i squatted the 800 for two i probably should have done four i had him in me yeah i had a couple <laughs> more in me yeah my only regret like, is i only did two yeah Huh. Yeah, so I, I so, think that, you know, mirroring what Ron said, number one, from what I understand, you nailed it, Ron, is the, the major issues were not from his competitive career. They really took place afterwards. Um, and it is what it is, like you said, because I think at the same time, I mean, you could say the same thing looking at, you know, does, does, does Tony Hawk regret breaking his hip or whatever it was recently? Like he's already a multimillionaire. Why is he? You know, skating big air ramps and all this shit. Still, he didn't even think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in his DNA. Yeah, that's just so, what they do. So, no, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think know. There is. I, I mean, if Ronnie would have stopped after four Sandows, um, you know, he would have had what ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one. So then Jay would have been Mister Olympia for like, you know, seven years. Yes. He would have been okay. <laughs> exactly. Jay would have been okay with that. He would have taken that. Would have yeah, okay for sure. With that. You know, you actually, you actually but, go. This is what's interesting about that, though, Scott. Is Jay's? I do not believe that Jay would be known for what he's known for now if that would have happened. It's a good like point. If he just walked away, he would not have the fanfare he has now. In fact, yeah. by the fourth year he won, everyone would have hated him because everyone hates a winner. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, and it just rolls. I think the fact that he was the only one bold enough to chase him down and verbally say like I can beat him, um, when everyone else was like can't be done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really do think there's something to be said. I, I think a lot of times we, we like to imagine that something is good or bad. And in my opinion, everything just is what it is. Yeah. You know, things are, you know, if, when something happens and it appears to be bad, you're like, I don't know, might be good. The it, reason it I got rear-ended today is because I might have gotten killed if I didn't went right down the right. road, you know. I, I, I think it would be interesting to do a, uh, um, you know, a, a – another parallel universe where Ronnie only does four and retires and then see how much different the rest of the planet is. You know, like if Jay had seven <laughs> Olympias, you know, would, would COVID have happened? <laughs> it is. It, it's, it's hysterical because the answer is no, obviously COVID would not have with happened. the ripple effects. The ripple effects. <laughs> Jay having seven Olympias would have transformed everything, you know, like it's, or we find out that like, absolutely nothing changed and then we realized yeah. just like how valuable no one cares bodybuilding, about bodybuilding. Right? <laughs> everything's exactly the same like the same exact everything like same headlines all over the newspaper yeah. Yeah. standing there comparing universes nothing's changed yeah you know huh, i guess nobody did like exact. bodybuilding after all yeah, no one gave <laughs> to the four thousand people us. that pay attention yeah it, it would have been really yeah. life-changing yeah yeah <laughs> nothing changed that's probably the most valid point, Scott. We have we have yeah. like a whole bunch left. Is there any way we could maybe rapid fire a few of these? Uh, wow. Yes, that way because I know we're running short. A few. 
All right. Let's machine gun a few. All right. Um, so Road Warrior says, I'd like to know what each of you think the best, your best body part uh, from when you competed, then what the other guys think was for each other. Oh, okay. Oh. So uh, I was just on Ron's page and I was like, dang, he's so balanced. I wonder what he think uh, the best was. Well, I think Dusty's best body part was his back because he did have like a really crazy hardcore pro level back with lower lats that went down into his, you know, hips and, um, you know, a lot of density throughout. Um, but I still consider Dusty's like I sort of think of Dusty's three strengths as his back, his overall density and conditioning were ridiculous. And he was really big, like he was 270 on stage. He was legit really, really big. So those were three things that I think Dusty had going for him that were, um, you know, like really his strengths. I, I never, I used to wonder what my good body part was. And I, I used to think that it wasn't a body part. It was that I had super wide shoulders and narrow hips. I thought that was one of the keys because that's what I was going to you know, say for you. You know, my best pose was my, waist. my best pose was my front lat spread. Mm. You know, I, um, I had a good side leg. I think my side leg shot was really strong. Like I often had the biggest side leg in the lineup, you know, um, a lot of hamstring drop and stuff, but I don't know. I guess the chest shoulders midsection kind of torso thing I had uh, strength on, like my most musculars from the front and stuff. But, you know, I didn't have great arms. I didn't have, you know, um, you know, my back was, you know, wide and it was set up nice, but it could have used thickness and density for, you know, before I was anywhere close to where Dusty got. So, yeah, I don't know. I think what happens if when I, when I, because I literally, as soon as I asked that question, I like ran through my head on Ron's physique. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, what is, Here's the, here's the, and, and this is, in my opinion, what bodybuilding is. What makes a really great bodybuilder is not someone with strengths. It's someone that you can't name their weaknesses. Hmm. So yeah. when I look at Ron, I'm like, okay, what was terrible? And yeah, he said, oh, my arms were weak. Not when you're on stage. If you were really looking at his physique, you never said, ah, oh, I just wish his fucking arms were bigger. Yep. You know what I mean? And I think that that is actually the biggest strength you have because when someone looks and nothing jumps out, then that is your strength because, you know, it's, it is, and, and this isn't, uh, you know, everyone has what they have, but for example, you know, with me, it's like, Oh, you always got a crazy back and density to his hip structure. So fucking wide. I mean, there's just no way you can't ignore it on stage because once you're in trunks, you just see everything. You're like, that is the end. And that's okay because you only have what you have. But I think when you really look at guys that they advance, those big flaws start to disappear. You know, but if I was going to name something to me, Ron, it's exactly what you said. It was shoulders straight across the packs, like all the way across. It was just big and thick, you know, because a lot of people have um, wide clavicles, but it's only the the really, really guys that are just stand out super wide where you're like, okay, they have wide clavicles, but then they have so much slabs of meat on top of it, like a Jay Cutler, like yeah. a Derek Lunsford, where you're just like, it was insane before the muscle. <laughs> Another thing that always bothered me was a guy who had wide shoulders, but he had a skinny neck. Right. <laughs> that always looked really funny to me. And I remember like, I was like really happy. I had a big neck, you know, like I remember thinking like, I wouldn't trade my big neck for anything, you know, <laughs> <laughs> big neck. 
<laughs> the things that we're proud of. Have you seen my fucking yeah. asshole? <laughs> That's funny. Well, I got a lot of comments. Like when I used to be, well, I still get the odd comment on my neck, but when I used to be big, like, like people would say to me all the time, they're like, dude, your traps are like, like you have no neck. Like your yeah. head's just like mounted inside your body, you know? And I remember thinking that was like a hardcore, like, ah, it's a look I love, you know? I was going to say the exact same thing for both of you guys. I was going to say Dusty's back. And then Ron, for you, I was going to say balance and your waist, for especially for your size, you know, your height, mm-hmm. that you were able to have such a small waist. I think that those two things, Dusty said it better, though. That was a, a very nice way of putting it. Keep moving. We're rapid firing, guys. Okay. No, right. We suck at rapid fire, by the yeah, way. Yeah, this will be an easier one to <laughs> rapid fire. It was a 20-minute rapid fire. <laughs> okay. Recently started at a TRT clinic. They offer Anivar. Oh. What's the best time of day to use it? Easy one. When, when you don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> Just take it. <laughs> Just get it in you. I mean, seriously, that's, I, I always just take it before I train so I wouldn't forget. But I mean, the answer truly is just get it in, in my opinion. Don't, yeah. don't overthink. Yeah. All right. Just, I used to take like, a, you know, half my orals in the morning, half at night. That was it. There you go. Question for the next episode. If oh. you had to pick two foods that make the worst tasting sandwich, my eight-year-old daughter said jelly and cheese as an example. Should I like jelly or cheese? Not that's together. Freaking- Okay, I got you. I got you. Um, mustard and anchovies. Oh God, this is a disgusting topic. <laughs> <laughs> mustard that's and yellow anchovies. mustard. For anyone who's confused, Dijon is fine. <laughs> That'd be different. I, so here's the thing about sandwiches. I'm not a real sandwich guy. I don't want a sandwich. I don't want to go to your sandwich restaurant. I don't want to go see your deli. I have no interest in weird cuts of meat paired with vegetables I don't eat anyways, slapped between two <laughs> slices of bread. I, you know, I remember there was a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where Larry goes to this like LA deli and it's got all the I'm famous following Ron on Instagram right now. Good. All the, Good. All, the <laughs> all the celebrities have their own sandwich, right? So like you can go into this deli and order the Ted Danson or you can order like yeah. the, the David Letterman or whatever. Like there's all these sandwiches, whatever the fuck names were on the wall. And the, the funny episode was Larry, they want to give him a sandwich. And he's like all happy. And then he comes in and his sandwich is a it's white fish with like some weird sauce on it. And he's like, I don't want that fucking sandwich. I don't want I don't want the Larry David. No one's gonna order that. And he's like trying to complain to get his sandwich changed and there's this huge like ordeal. That would totally be me. I'd yeah. be like, I'm not, I don't wanna be I can't have fucking fish and mayo on it. Fuck that's disgusting. Like I would be so upset. I want meat and cheese, or I want peanut butter. That's like literally it. Those are the two options. No jelly with that peanut butter. Well, you can do peanut butter and jelly, but I'm okay. keeping it simple. Okay. Okay. I'm not anti-jelly. Okay. I just okay. wouldn't have jelly by itself, but I would have peanut butter by itself. But yeah, I don't sense. order clubhouses and restaurants. I don't like some people who just sit down and just order a sandwich and like God knows what's coming on it. That's a fucking risk taker. Yeah. That person, that person's a wild, <laughs> they're living a wild life. Rod doesn't even realize that the menu actually says exactly what's on the sandwich. But some people, yeah, but 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 you never quite know how it's going to be. You know, little the restaurants do their own little thing on there, right? How much mayo is on it? 
You just gonna let them just fucking. You just gonna let them go to town. I like when they give you the little cup of it and you do it yourself. You know, very skeptical on on sandwiches. Not not a not an investment of my time or energy that I want to make. You should see. Do you know? Do you know what he gets for a burger? Do you know what Ron's cheeseburger is? What is it? Favorite cheeseburger. What's it? What is it? Go ahead, Ron. Tell him all the ingredients on your cheeseburger. Well, I, I I usually ask for two patties. Yeah. With cheese and barbecue sauce on the side and nothing else. Okay, huh? I would and do the same thing every time. Do they really? They fuck well, it up. They always, put, yeah. they they put like they're just randomly. There's like tomato and and a, and a lettuce on there. I'm like, you he literally that. said don't put anything on it. Yeah, yeah. As long as there's, I could pick a tomato and lettuce off. Who who eats lettuce? I don't get lettuce. Fuck lettuce. So <laughs> I I could pick that off, but it's when there's. I'm like, so good at this. Somewhere. <laughs> oh, and I hate mayo. Okay, go ahead. Next question. All right. It's all things white. Go ahead. We got one more. Uh, I'm not going to read the entire top there, but basically he's saying that he thinks that we should do a whole like uh, home gym favorite machines, brands, models, stuff like that. But specifically, he'd love to hear about machines that we really like for a fly, either a flat or an incline and a chest supported row um, or another row variation for a home gym. For fly, I would just do a cable where I could put a bench in front of it and do an incline fly off the front of it or stand because mm-hmm. you, you've got space issues. So to me, those the yeah. smaller fly or the smaller cable stacks where you got two sides, those are game changers. I can't remember. What's the brand, Ron, that go all the way to the floor and all the way up? they got the red lever that can turn in and out the degree of the angle and all that. Um, oh, you don't like a two like a two cable stack? Like a free sort of motion? Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, there's... The free motions, they yes, go all the way yeah. down. Yeah, you get can, one of those yeah, and get a, nice. get a bench and you're good to go. Because I think if you start getting into like a fly machine in your house, yeah, yeah. I mean, how big's your fucking garage, dude? Yeah. 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 Like it's great. Like, you know, it's nice to have a pec deck because, you know, you can also justify it that you can do rear delts on it. But if your square footage isn't that great, a cable, a double cable stack is just going to be magic to integrate into a home gym. All right. How about a row machine then? He had that one as well. A chest supported row, he said. Yeah. Well, he said either a chest supported row or another row machine in general that we would suggest. Yeah. I would say if I could only have <laughs> one one back machine in my garage, it would be a cable row because you could do a lot with it. You know what I mean? Um, but a chest supported T-bar is super cheap. They're easy to move. They don't weigh anything. You know what I mean? Just narrow. Yeah. Narrow. You know, they're just, you can usually get them like, you know, in a tight space and they just operate like in, you know, a real straight, narrow path. Yeah. Um, fr- a front loaded one, you know, obviously, you know, some load from the side and they're like kind of a pain in the ass if you got space issues. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would get a chest supported row or a seated cable row. Those are like the two most versatile. The, yeah, I agree 100%. I think. Uh, there's even cheap ones like that's not a, that's that's a machine that i could see getting a cheaper version of like like i think titan fitness has one and it's probably like a couple yeah. hundred bucks or something you know and that would be good enough for a home gym another thing too is like i know that we see these crazy gyms that have commercial equipment and then like scott has an amazing setup you have an amazing setup buddy thank you and um and obviously like you know we go and train in braden's house sometimes and and have fun at the compound. But I think most people have to remember that uh, home gym equipment, if it's just them using it, they, they should be okay. You know, they, they might think that they need a commercial machine because they train hard, but the commercial machines are all about endurance over time. 
you know, a lot of home gym stuff is made pretty good. There's a lot of pretty good home gym stuff now. It's just that it won't handle, you know, 20,000 hours of nonstop use. And that's the difference. If it's just you using it, you should be able to get away with like, I know during COVID people bought all those Smith machines with the double stacks, like the ones, the Chinese made Mm -hmm. ones. Yeah. And a lot of guys said those were fucking fine for them, man. They were squatting four plates on them and everything, you know? So, you know, do what you can. All right. I I think that might be it. Um, we, we probably missed something here, but I do have one question I wanted to ask you guys myself. And that is, what is one thing that you weren't scared of doing as a kid that you are scared to do now? I heard this on a radio show and I was like, I want to ask the guys. And I was thinking they got answers like, you know what? I didn't ever think twice about standing on a balcony like at a hotel or, you know, a high level or something when I was a kid. But now I start thinking to myself, like, if this thing were to give, you know, I'd fall. Right. You know, things you didn't think of as a child, but you do now, that kind of thing. I can think of a hundred of these. Yeah. Like a <laughs> right, hundred right. of them. Like the most basic thing I can think of is once, and this was, I, I remember when it happened, I was doing a photo shoot and it was at a loading dock. And they're like, okay, come down here now. And I was like, I can't just jump off a fucking loading dock. Like I had to sit down and like scoot down the edge and like plop down because I was like something will fucking snap. Yeah. Like so you do you just alter the way you think of every little thing. I mean, because when you're oversized, like okay, this this is useful for one thing and one thing only, and that's bodybuilding. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean that that's the most simple answer right there. So yeah, I just re- I literally remember the guy watched me sit down and nudge my wife. Donna, it's okay. I I can admit to this. She gets I, embarrassed for me. That's funny. I I would say that food stuff is uh is one of them. Like as a kid and a young bodybuilder, it would not even cross my mind to not eat a whole liter of ice cream before bed every night. Like the, why? Why wouldn't I do that? I want to and I have a liter of ice cream. So I'm just going to eat the whole thing and I'm going to put some cookies in it and mash it up. Like I would, man, people don't realize I ate a liter of ice cream every fucking day for like years and years and years of bodybuilding and didn't even occur to me. But now if I ate a liter of ice cream every night before bed, I'd be like, oh my God, am I going to shit myself in the morning? Am I going to like, <laughs> how fat am I going to get? Are my legs still going to look good in the morning? How like, is I going to fart a lot? Like what's going to happen? Like, that's not a good idea. I only got, I don't want to get fat. What's my blood work going to look like? You know, what's my blood pressure going to go to? Is it going to elevate it? Like I should check this out. Like all these questions happen in my head now that I'm older, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's so bad. That sort of thing. You know, I just and I used to eat like I might order a pizza after leg day and then the very next night my other buddy might say hey let's go eat and we go out and we wind up eating another pizza that was just life as a bodybuilder when I was young sure but now I'd be like oh I ate pizza five days ago uh, I have like a certain amount of like junk yep. food I eat a week and I'm gonna have to just go I'm gonna wait till Sunday I might order something you know yeah, yeah. so yeah mine's like health and you know blood work related and taking care of myself yeah, yeah, that's great. What about you, Scott? Now I need to know yours. Uh, I, you know, I, I can relate to the balcony thing that I heard the guy mention on the radio show because I feel <laughs> like 
I don't trust shit that could break, you know, like I'm going to put my life, even like crossing the street. I don't trust that cars are actually going to stop. You know what I mean? When you're a kid, you're just like, oh no, cars stop because it's a red light. Walk lights on. Yeah, exactly. And now I'm like, yeah, no, cars miss that all the time. They go right through it. You know what I mean? Everyone's so, looking at their phone, listening to exactly just right now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So stuff like that, or even like getting on an airplane. You know, as a kid, I'd be like, "Oh, it's so fun to watch it take off." And now I'm like, the the, the statistics of us actually crashing are very low. But technically, by me being in this plane right now, I am more likely to crash and die than I would have been had I not been in it. That kind yeah. of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Getting on the freeway, the number of people that just are doing stupid stuff now. If I have to rely on somebody else with my life, I'm worried. <laughs> That's what it comes down to, you know? That makes sense to me. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And where's the gun? Yeah. Oh. He's got it right under it. Yeah. I actually have four of them right behind me. So they're not, I don't have one on the desk, but I got some heavy armory back there. Yeah. We're good. I got to rely on myself. Yeah. Pulls out the gun. Exactly. That's okay. Part, that's part of it, really. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. That's a good answer. It's a good answer. Thank you. Can't trust the world, Scott. We're too we're too aware now that we're older. We're too aware of the chaos going on around us. <laughs> right. Remember as right. kids? As kids, you'd just be like, eh. You know? Yeah. It's yeah, a balcony. It works. You know? <laughs> That's you know. all I got, though. That's all okay. we got. That's good. I did well, have an over-under, but I figured I'd save that for wrong. if we were to Let's do over-under. Next episode, Mutant, obviously, help us out. I believe the Black Friday thing, is it still running today? Last day, I believe, which they Last won't know because it's too late. So yeah. they all yeah, missed it. You guys are so we don't mention it. This. Okay, well, <laughs> Christmas is coming. So there's another opportunity to buy some mutant shit. Well, Go on iammutant.com. Yeah. Um, Dusty 20 and Big Ron 20 are our codes. Use them at your own discretion. And uh, you get 20% off. Just throwing that in there. That's why the number 20 is in the code. Okay. And thanks to them for supporting the show. And remember to like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. And ask lots of YouTube questions because Scott is great at farming those for us and they do get priority. So we want to keep that engagement high. And remember, there is a Patreon that Scott has set up for the Think Big channel. And that helps the whole channel, all the Think Big programs. That helps everything keep going because, you know, Scott does a lot of hours on this. And we're very happy to make sure that there's a little bit of love coming his way. Thank so, you. Yes. And I appreciate the, everybody who's helping out over there. You guys are awesome. I just yeah, re- yeah. released like a behind the scenes clip from drugs and stuff today. They like the nice. little behind the scene thing. So I try to put those up and take some That's questions cool. from there too. So it's, it, I appreciate okay. those guys very much. So here's one last question before we go this episode. When can I be on one of your other shows? Let's do it ASAP, one. man. Let's do okay. it. Okay. Let's do can it. Pick one. I don't care which one. Pick That's any right. of the shows. All right. And I want to come on and just just hang out. All right. Okay. Well, so we do drugs and stuff is a little tough because uh, the the UK time difference when it like we oh, yeah. recorded okay. at eleven here, which would be like seven your time, and that's like four Dave's time. But we should do uh, we should do uh, what's it called? Uh, um, let's what in gear again? We'd love to have you That'd back over there. Yeah, let's great. do it. Let's, let's do, do that. It. Okay, let's do it. My other shirt is at your mom's. Love it, Dusty. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) And remember, it's just bodybuilding. 